you know. Were you guys were you guys the kids where you get like uh I don't know, you get a new console or you get this game that's like kind of cutting edge for the time when you're a kid and you had to, you know, drag everybody in there to look at it even if they didn't give a crap about video games. You're like, no, no, you gotta yeah. see this. This is crazy. Were you guys like that too? Yes. You're always yes. Dragging people in, like, look at this. Look how, look what you can do in this game. And, you know, <laughs> everybody is like, look, look at the realistic. graphics. Look at the graphics. It's always the word graphics. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more of your podcasts for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by my returning party members. So welcome back, Renfell. Hello. Also welcome back, the Nathan Napalm. Hello. Glad to be here, everybody. Oh, yeah, dude. We've got, we got some stuff and things to talk about today. Uh, before you dig in too far, though, do want to give a big shout out to all of the uh, supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. Thanks so much for keeping this party's bags packed. Provision stock for all of our adventures here on the show. Um, also, you know, you can call in and leave us a voicemail if you so choose to do so. one 539 You can also go to the pinned post on our Twitter, which is at the LFM show. Um, and right there, you'll see all of the links for the podcast places, specifically iTunes. If you wanted to leave us an amazing five-star review, that'd be great. It'd be really helpful. And if you leave a comment, we will read it here on the show. Friends, welcome in for another show. We are we are edging our way closer and closer to 50 episodes, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, this is like the second show that's being produced here. And uh, this one, to me, though, is kind of it's a bigger it's it's it has the potential to be a much bigger show because this doesn't just focus on one game. Now, the Ashes Pathfinder show, although it's like the, you know, the I would say probably it's it's got more skin in the game. It's got more time. It's been going on longer. Um, you know, it's got a very dedicated following and it's specific to one game, whereas this one, on the other hand, is really just kind of hitting on all the different things in the gaming industry, you know, game development and all that. So it's always a good time to kind of meet for this one because we get to talk about pretty much anything nerdy uh, and definitely got a good number of things that are nerdy to talk about today. Uh, but yeah, you know, in typical form, let's uh, catch up, gentlemen. What the hell have you been up to lately? What's been going on since the last uh, episode for y'all? I am continuing the Final Fantasy XIV adventure, and I have a slight complaint to make because uh, y'all y'all told me <laughs> that I wasn't gonna hit a, a level wall, did and you? I did. Oh, I oh, hit. Wow. I was I was level forty seven, <laughs> almost level forty eight, and I hit like it's it's the last three quests before the final two mm. dungeons. I'm like right at the end of Realm Reborn, according to the wiki guide. Mm -hmm. Okay, and. The next quest was a level 49 quest, and I have been forced to do daily roulettes to catch up the last couple wow. days. But, but I'm not gonna. I'll give it a pass because it was only you know a couple days of of having to do non main quest things as opposed to hmm. you know the previous time that I played, you had to do days yeah. and then yeah in between main quests. So it's been I'm not you know I'll give it a pass, but. <laughs> I, I came I came against that wall a couple days ago. Okay. And, well, but 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 
no spoilers, but that plot twist at the, 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 the when you rescue the people from the place mm. and you find out that the one person is the person and you're and I literally was sitting there going, What? So yeah. that was um, <laughs> that was that was a good that was that was, a, yeah. that was not expected, came out of nowhere, and uh I felt very I did feel very good. I was riding that high for quite a while, so um, that was good. Other than that, just um, doing um, lots of tabletop stuff in our third session last night, getting the fifth chapter written right now, and then I'm doing a streaming challenge right now. I don't normally do stuff on Twitch, but um, I'm seven days in into a 30-day kind of test thing, so that's been interesting. But I usually stream really early in the morning, so it's a it's I call it it's been my red dead and bedhead is what I call the stream. I get up and red dead and bedhead, red dead on red, red dead online with bedhead and bed beard and my coffee, and I wake up about an hour and a half. Or, that's put my fun. Little- Man, I've been really close to picking that one up too, because like um you know like my lady and her, some of her friends, some of our mutual friends play it, and it's been something that um I've been encouraged to like check out, but. I think the thing that always like it's like you can either do the MMO version right, that's Red Dead Online right, and then then there's yeah. the other version right. But the other version you can't actually co-op. The only one you can co-op yeah. is Red Dead Online. Yes. And and I was they were like saying yeah you can get grief pretty hard in that one. I was like do you feel like that's the case? I, I don't. So okay. I actually did a review. I did a review on Red Dead Online a few weeks back. I because I got I got asked that question okay. um, from a couple of people. And no, because uh, the PvP is pretty much entirely optional. Um, you have there's what's called offensive mode and defensive mode. Okay. And if you're in defensive mode, you your your blip on everybody else's radar is like next to nothing, and you have mm-hmm. a shield over your name, which shows that you are not flagged for PvP. Now, it doesn't mean you're immune, but what it does is is if someone attacks you, mm-hmm. you actually have like a defensive buff on, and it takes them quite a few hits to actually take you out because you're kind of super buffed and um they immediately get flagged and there's some penalties for killing a defensive player that's in defensive mode now for the most part you can stay defensive mode but there are some missions which require you to you'll automatically get flagged for offensive mode and just what that means when you're in defensive mode it means your blip shows up on everybody else's radar for a farther range and it tells everybody that you're open for pv I have not been griefed, but there was one morning where I didn't realize doing one of the long deliveries for my trader runs. You could do short deliveries, which you stay in defensive mode, and then if you do long deliveries, you can earn more money, but it allows your wagon to be attacked by other players. I didn't know that, and so I was doing a long delivery, sipping my coffee on like a Sunday morning, and a posse of five guys just ganked me, and you know, stole my shit, killed me. And I was like, I'm going to go get my stuff back. And they wiped the floor with me like five times in a row. And I finally was just like, I give up and went back and like got pissed off for 20 minutes. And then I was online reading about it. I was like, Oh, I didn't realize that you could, Mm. you know, it was an opt in thing where you can choose to do short missions, which give less money, but it keeps you in the defensive mode. So I've been playing it now pretty much every day for about two months not a single gank. Not other than that one morning, I've not had any issues, and I play every day for about two hours. And I've played mostly. I play in the mornings, but I have played a little bit in the afternoons and a little bit at nights. The 
the takeaway that I had was I tried it when it first came out in 2018, the online version, and I wasn't impressed because there wasn't a lot to do. But now it's like a full-fledged MMO. There is so much to do. And it's like there's tons of like optional PvP stuff, but there's also tons of PvE stuff. There's all these different types of missions that you can earn coin for. There's all the professions or the roles. Okay. I've got three. I've got Moonshiner, Trader, and Bounty Hunter are the three that I have. Mm-hmm. And there's like 10 maybe? I don't even know. There's a lot. And then there's like the, the open PvP against, which pop up every 10 minutes or so. And that's like a Battle Royale type thing, but they have different objectives. So one's like capture the flag, and the other one's like deliver the goods. And it's like you're, it's like 40 players or whatever competing to be the one person who makes it to the finish with the goods. And so everybody's killing each other, trying to be the one who gets the... But that's all optional. So I would say that the griefing thing, I've never seen it. Um, and again, mm-hmm. I've been playing for a couple months now, and, and it's never been an issue. But I purposefully play as a Care Bear. So um, that was my concern going into it, because I am a whiny bitch when it comes to it. I want to ask on that too, since you said sometimes you do get flipped offensive whenever you're doing certain things. Do you find, because this is something that happens, it's not always the case, but it is something I'm curious about. Do you find that there are people purposefully looking and hanging in those areas to actually grief those players that do have to have to do that? I don't know if it's griefing per se, but okay. I know from what I read online after the morning that I got ganked, Yeah, there are posses of players who roam the roads and the highways because there are certain missions when you're doing deliveries where your wagon can get destroyed if you're going off road because it can, it'll take damage. So you got to stick to the roads to um, to keep your wagon from getting destroyed. And those types of missions, if because you have to stick to the road, there are bandit right. players who will roam the highways, right. um, and they usually do it in groups. So it'll be like a posse of like five to seven okay. players or something that are just roaming the highways. But that's Honestly, those types of missions are honestly pretty much optional. Like, for example, all the bounty hunter missions, I'm in defensive mode the whole time. Whether or not I'm capturing someone or killing someone or whatever, optional. The trader missions to deliver goods, you have two options. One is the PvP version, one is the PvE version. So just choose the PvE version, fine. Um, Some of the story missions, all the story missions, I think, get... I can't remember if you get auto-flagged, but you're in an instance four other people that are in the group at the same time so that's mm-hmm. not you just have to remember to turn defensive mode back on when you get out of the mission so i, I have oh, found yeah. that you know since i don't like pvp that much i have not had any issues going the hell out of red dead online just as a complete pve player um and i've participated in a handful of the open um what they're called off the top of my head but there's the open events that pop up every mm-hmm. 10 or 15 minutes that you can join with like 40 other people. I've done a few of those, but I really don't enjoy those because it's just a mass, you know, it's 40 people trying to kill each other. One that gets to the thing and it's like, nah, that's not for me. Um, but otherwise, um, yeah, there's so much to do too. I haven't really found that I get bored, but I also only play for about two hours a day. I think if I played for like four or five hours a day, like some people play a game, I would possibly get bored. Because even with all of the things there is to do, it still is a limited size world, and they're not adding more zones to it. So there's only so much that you can see. Um, yeah. And even though it is a huge game map, um, I think that's probably the same could be said for like Warzone. Perhaps it's even more mm. so with like Warzone because 
that's a single map that's much smaller. But no, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen the griefing be an issue. And those missions that you get auto flagged for PvP are almost always optional. I haven't can't even think of any off the top of my head that that you're required to do. It's just there are certain professions mm-hmm. and certain things. If you want to do that mission, you're just going to get flagged. But even even the missions where I get turned on offensive, I've not had any problems. Other than that one example of I got my wagon stolen. All right, that's cool. That's not bad. Cool. Yeah, what about you, Nathan? Um, work on the D&D. Choose your own adventure. Got the final oh. trailer coming out this weekend, and then the following weekend it should launch. Uh, so yeah. two weeks away, or well, and- a week and a half away. Interesting uh, about that. I think that you we got a special treat, another little preview bit oh. that was shared. Yeah, yeah so here. we're gonna you know post it up here so y'all can see it and kind of see the uh, what he's been working on. This is another little sneak peek here. Now we know he's been Nathan's been working on this for a, quite a while. We we shared one of the gifts like last time. Um, but this is a little bit of what he's been working on. Definitely looking forward to seeing this. Uh, choose your own adventure, man. It's going to be, uh, I already talked about it. I'm just legit going to just take like a, probably like on a Tuesday or something, just go live and just go through it. And just, we're all going to go on a little adventure and have some fun with it. So that's going to be, that's going to be a good time. So looking forward to looking forward to the announcement, man, when, whenever that's ready in the trailer and everything, definitely looking forward to, to seeing some more of that this looks freaking good though dude honestly like you did a really good yeah. job with that lightning yeah thank you that's uh that's wow. the paladin doing a thunderous smite uh <laughs> so the cool thing is is like uh uh a lot of people play the campaign to where um this particular campaign because it's meant for new players where after a specific big event they level everybody up so i've you know, it's really hard to do level ups and choose your own adventures. So that's how I'm doing it. Um, a lot of people play it that way anyway, where you get done with this big part of the, this big chapter of it, then mm-hmm. you level up to level two. So I'm doing that in this game too. So um, that's still a level one paladin thing. But like, as you get to like chapter mm-hmm. two, you can do level two spells and then, you know, level three spells. So uh, I thought that was a cool way to do it so that you get, you know, you get yeah. some new options, new like, spells yeah. as you go. That's exciting, dude. I'm like so stoked. I'm I'm genuinely like this is like not a fake hype thing. Like I'm a gen- I'm genuinely stoked to like actually do this because you you know we've heard your stories, man. He's done some illegal things to make this happen. Nothing yeah, like yeah. harmful to human beings or anything. But he's like yeah. he's taken some risks, man. He's put a lot into this. Like there's a this is a big investment from from Nathan. Yeah, no, I, I want to correct myself on the last show. Yeah. Uh, I, I blew up a number by accident. I said 2,500 hours. I apologize. Uh, it's I'm over 1,500 hours. Uh, that's all. That's all. It's still just, a lot. Still it's a lot, it's but... so much less, and yet that's still <laughs> so much. Can't just, can't just throw another 1,000 on there. You know, like, uh, that's a pretty big <laughs> gap. So uh, I realized after we got off uh, later that day, I, was working, I, was like, I, I just totally blew that number way, way through the roof. Ooh, so, dudes, ah. Uh... We last time we were we did our show, I went and continued on doing some uh, I was doing what I did some more ashes like it was the, the last week of ashes testing and I, I jumped in there. We, we ended up having a really good fun castle siege and I got some great footage, man. I've like got hundreds of gigs of footage sitting on my computer now from all of the testing to use. It's a beautiful thing as a creator when you don't actually have to, you know, use 
their footage and you can use footage from your own perspective right and share that like the adventures you go on with your friends and you know your your perspective on fighting a boss or or whatever's going on so i'm so thankful because i have that now so like when i do videos i you know i can use some of theirs for certain things but i've also got my own perspective of running around the world and it was good man and we thursday was really good unfortunately my internet was out like friday and then saturday i took take that day off typically um and then Coming up on Sunday, we finished it. I did the Pathfinder podcast, um, which you can check out 5 p.m. CDT um, on the channel live. Also, I always say be here live when we do the podcast because, like, just like we just showed off Nathan's, you know, little preview. Like, you just don't get that when you, um, <laughs> you just don't get that whenever you, uh, you know, listen. Um, although we love the listeners too, but uh, yeah, what I was giggling about there. See, so you missed him doing the little weird. Uh, tickle those nostalgia tick, balls. That was it. That was. I didn't know the way to put that. He put his hand up, palm facing skyward, and just kind of like, you know, did the little tickle animation. I was like, I see what you did there. They didn't, but I do. But anyway, <laughs> I, I got to tell you guys, I did it. I did an Ashes video. We're a little late today because I was getting that done. I'm um, doing the editing again myself currently. So I was like hustling to get my uh newest ashes talk up i outlined my biggest takeaways but i'm just gonna I, i'm gonna say check it out if you guys want to see what mine are share yours we take that we use it on the pathfinder podcast but honestly this is just for me to you all holy shit you guys they it, it's easy to see someone like hype up a game when they're like a content creator for it. they've been dedicated and to think they're just hyping it up for their own benefit or whatever but I've tested a lot of alphas. I haven't been this happy with the kind of progress a developer has been able to show from point A to B along that span of a test, especially an alpha test. I've been in some really messy alpha tests, man. And this is their yeah, alpha one. They usually one. are. They're usually they usually really, yeah. yes, really messy. They usually don't look good. They're usually really choppy, laggy, rubber bandy. They knocked most of those particular issues out. There were still issues. Don't get me wrong. There were. They weren't fixed by the end. But dude, Sunday did castle sieges on Thursday and Sunday. And it was like 50 be 50, which granted, it wasn't like a crazy high, high number, but it's still significant. It's like 100 people okay. rel in a relatively same area, right? Yeah. And it performed so well, man. I mean, compared to even their first weekend showcase to the 9th through the 11th of July, you fast forward to the 16th to the 12th and the 16th or whatever of August on those days I jumped in. It's such a big improvement, man. Like it felt so good. It felt so good. And we still know there's still alpha two and stuff going on between now and then, but it's so damn encouraging, man. Like I've it, it's so hard to not be so freaking excited because you see them putting the, all this effort in, you see people testing it, and you actually see the progress happening. And it, it's, it. I've had, I, I play ESO, man, and my biggest complaint, and I'm using it as a reference because I'm not talking shit. It's a, it's a good reference point. Like I still like the game, I still play it, but it's got problems, and it's that damn foundation of the code that they've been struggling with since the launch, and it makes for a really unfortunate, shitty experience sometimes. When you want to yeah. play the game and how many people thought to themselves when we were testing it in beta where we were like, I don't know, man, I think they need to work on this a little bit more. And then they didn't. Then they launched it. They continued building on it. And now you look at where we're at now and you're going, 
it's so unfortunate because if they had just taken a little more time and this is what ashes has been doing so it just feels good man because no one wants that experience dude and i that was one of my biggest worries and then they made changes with the combat system too and that feels so much better it's not even representative of where they're going to be long term i know this but it's hard to not be super freaking excited after that experience yeah. when i've had such shitty ones before and coming from a, a company that's not a triple a studio it just feels good man it feels hopeful for the genre as a whole that you know oh, we feel feel that way or i see that and we feel that way as a result so many of us so it's a good rock. question off of the to ping off of that what do you think is the best alpha slash beta you've ever played over the years like regardless if it's triple a or Hmm. that's a good question um i always go i always go back to the van the vanguard alpha and beta experience for is like two years in length was, even though the game was drastically different when it launched because of all the things that happened i still feel like that was one of the coolest experiences i've been a part of um because they did take back and they did you know you could see the progress mm. that was happening you know, leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, that one still stands out to me, but I'd, I'd love to hear if you guys have any experiences that stand out to you. I do. Um, we've cool. already kind of discussed this game, but Final Fantasy 14, I know it was already a, uh, a game, but they totally reworked the code, graphics, everything um, when, when they did Realm Reborn. And I wasn't even interested at first, you know. Mm. I was like, you know, I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, I'll give it a shot. And I think it was free. I got into beta real easy. You know, I wasn't even like, you know, very gung ho about it or anything. But I got the invite, so I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot, see what they got. And uh man, it was smooth. It ran and I had a really bad rig at that time too. This was quite a while ago. I had a horrible rig, outdated everything, and it ran the smoothest I'd ever seen at that time in the MMO ever run. And mm. um almost no bugs. And I mean, um there wasn't even uh I, I could be wrong, but from my perspective at the time, from what I remember, there wasn't even an alpha or the or maybe a really small alpha. They just went straight into beta, and it was like I was there immediately when when the servers went live, and it's like, geez, this game feels like it's you know super polished. Uh, it blew me away. That was the most impressive uh, beta I've ever been in. Mm. I think I'd probably am going to reference. You know, I, I for a minute there, I was going to go with because I played Van Vanilla WoW way back early in the days. And, you know, that was a bit of a shitstorm a little early on, too. So it's just part of why I didn't play it as much in the vanilla time frames because I had that early experience. And then I fast forwarded, uh, played a little bit vanilla, stopped playing, came back, played uh, more so in BC and really started to actually get into it more then. But I go back and I'm thinking, no, not WoW. <sighs> I thought of, you know, definitely not ESO. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say ashes at this point. Um, although if I were to say smoothest or whatever, best, better experience, I think I'm probably going to go with like Archage Alpha. Oh, really? I, I think, that I, alpha. yeah, that's actually when I streamed it the most too. And I had a pretty, pretty crazy big audience for, at least for me back then, it was, you know, a couple hundred or so, but. And there was a lot of people around, like gathering around it. It was a pretty good experience. And the game actually did play really good, I thought. I, I didn't really have any. Because I was thinking SWOTOR for a minute there, talking about beta, but the, nah. I, I think probably Arcage out of everything. 
granted when it launched i felt very different about the experience but um i think probably arcage because yeah it felt pretty good it felt pretty solid i even think about that uh beta before the game launched and we were doing some large-scale pvp and it ran super well then too and it was a really good really smooth experience for the most part at, at that point I didn't do arcade either yeah um i think that was because that was another one of those that was a pv they had a bunch of pvp so does. it turned me off to it yeah but i heard i heard good things about like the, i think they had something like a caravan system or something um yeah. that i heard good things about um but yeah, I also think that um, Vanguard was the only game that I went, I went and bought a rig during the late alpha, early beta, mm-hmm. uh, which I would not recommend ever does that. <laughs> but I did uh, because that game ended up not, you know, not continuing much past launch. But at the very least, I had a new computer to go play Lord of the Rings online nice. with because that had just launched right after Vanguard failed. So I rolled right over to that. game. Man, you know what? And, uh, Freaking, I don't nerd out about ashes, but I got I got to share a couple other things about what I've been up yeah, to go before we go in. Okay, I I was, I was doing a live stream this week, and I got went into Gwent to play Gwent on Tuesday because it's Gwent's day, which is basically they give you like twenty five percent XP. Um, you can add me over there. Currently, my name is Lord Samorg. Uh, on on that game, uh, I've been contemplating checking it. Sadly, Samorg is taken. Um, but if the person that actually has that name wants to like give it up and stuff and you actually listen to the show which you probably don't holla at me uh some more hashtag zero zero one on discord thanks guys um but <laughs> it ain't gonna happen but homie i got i gotta tell you guys man i i got my ass whooped a little bit on tuesday and then last night i played Ooh, shit they got this weekly thing where they have this altered set of rules so you have like your normal play and you can kind of work your way up to the tier to be top ranked right uh, Gwent player, and then you've got ooh, this new one that came out where it actually like they buff witchers and stuff. So I was like, I after getting my ass whooped a little bit on Tuesday, I like made a deck, and no one's seen this yet. But stay tuned after today because if you're here, oh my gosh, wait till you see this. No joke, I'm probably jinxing myself. I'm gonna knock on this fake wood table here, but <laughs> I like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> You guys, I played like 10 matches yesterday. Nobody could stop me. I was like, oh shit, the deck I made was really good. I was really proud of myself. This is the best thing I've done. I made it to synergize with the special rules for this one week event. I'm on a fuck people up in there tonight and I'm going to get to show it off and feel like I'm a badass motherfucking, you know this. But it was a good experience. Also, I, I happened to get something in the mail and um, oh, I'm really looking forward to reading this. It jumped past the Witcher because I saw I, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm pulling the right, trigger and right. getting it." What is it? What is it? Oh, you've never read this. Oh, I've wow. no, I've gotten lore from okay. it, but I've okay. never read okay. it. I, I have to, I have to stop for a minute. Okay, I did so, start it. So, yeah, I just got goosebumps. Okay, so <laughs> it's Delmarillion. It, 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 it's, it's, it's another level. Yeah. Of you know, if you love the lore of the Lord of the Rings. This is going to take you back and it's going to explain and you when you when you read this and then you go back and read the Lord of the Rings again it's going to make that experience 10 times better cuz now you're going to be like 
oh yeah, and this is the son of the son of that person, and this is this person, and that's the oh yeah, and this person's like nine thousand years old, and yeah, oh, it's such a yeah. good yeah, So I like to say this: it's for for Middle Earth. That is their Bible. Yes, right? like that, yeah, that's what that is. That yes. is their their you know collective super far back than you know most people that live in Middle Earth. Some of the information that they don't even know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like really really good and it's written that way too it's dude really like it is yeah it's a chunk it's yeah. a chunky read it's yeah not a, it's not a it's not a fast-paced fantasy read it is a bible type yeah, yeah. i i so think it's fun it. to i think it's fun to read it with a companion google on the side right <laughs> so you can be like wait a minute wait a minute let me let me look this up let me let me check out what this is talking about it's going to explain it but i found it really fun to just like also be doing some research as I'm reading it. You know what I mean? Uh, get some little notes going in there. It's you watch, you're going to, you're going to, and the next step is you're going to be learning, you know, the two different <laughs> versions of Elvish and the, the <laughs> dude, this thing starts out though. This version I have, it starts out with like a preface from like Christopher Tolkien, which is, you know, yeah. J.R. Tolkien's son who did a lot of stuff and got a lot of the works out there after his father passed. And then you've got like, there's actually a letter in there from J.R. Tolkien uh, to someone. And then you've got like the different chunks. And then at the very back, um, like there's actually like a family tree for like some of the some of the families there to help that. And then there's like an index on terms. And I was like, holy shit, this is absolutely like your like this is understand their the, this world and it's kind of origin story. So you totally get that vibe. Like I've, I know about what some of what's in here, but to read through it and to kind of get the information myself is for me going to be the actual, just fun, just going to be fun. I think think. for me, I think one of the coolest things is to realize how some of the characters in the third age who meet in the Lord Mm. of the Rings books are thousands of years old and they have been through shit. Yeah. That was stuff that world breaking, you know, and, and yet they're still around. And there's also like, I still, there, there is a part like the Numenorean bloodline stories are great because I also think that one of the coolest characters in the Lord of the Rings books is Faramir because of one reason. Oh. This guy lives, sleeps, eats, and shits on the border of Mordor every day of his life. <laughs> and like he's the one human outside of like Aragorn who, you know, in the book versions is not painted by the ring. He doesn't yeah. even doesn't even consider it it's just like oh no frodo you go off and and do your thing and and that goes to show you the strength of the numenorean bloodline that still exists in humanity and if you when you read the silmarillion and you go back to the beginning you start to see about what what that really means in terms of the strength of men where that came from elrond's family Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah the silmarils and all that and what they are and all it's a pretty big thing Galadriel yeah. is such a badass, like going and getting the Silmaril from. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. It, uh, so it's, yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. Yeah. yeah I only, yeah, I only yeah. know the only story I know about like fetching of a Silmaril is like, what's his name? Who's doing it to prove his dedication to uh, the one Baron? king's daughter? Yeah. Yeah. It's like in one of the books. It's uh, Baron Luthien or whatever. It's called. Yeah, Baron and Luthien. Yeah. Which I thought, by the way, that was one of the coolest parts I loved about like the extended editions of the films was Viggo Mortensen's character actually, you know, singing the lay of Luthien and and mm. you know, that's that's something where 
it was that was like an Easter egg to the fans more than anything else. And like throwing, a, you know, giving a throwback to the book to add another layer to his yeah. character as opposed to the theatrical version, which didn't have all that cool stuff in it. Um, so, yeah, dude, we, we, I approve. We totally just picked back up on the nerding out last from week. last week. We, didn't, we weren't <laughs> done. We were like, we have to be done, but we're not done. So we're just going to pick this back up. I was like, I basically had been I've been probably for the past like year now. Like in this like limbo of like I need to get the Silmarillion. I haven't done it yet. I've got like Bernluthian and some other books behind me, but I didn't. Or the Children of uh, was it is it Hunir or Warren or is it yeah Hunir? Okay, I I got those books and I haven't read them yet, but I know that they're really important ones to read too. And I'm just like ah, because you know to me this is important. Like understanding how Tolkien built his world is like that's some crazy depth, man. Yeah, there's like some yeah. crazy depth there. And like that's it's also, yeah, if you if you start digging into his work as a scholar of mm-hmm. Nordic mythology and yep. languages and you start going back and realize that he was like where the, where the, the name Gandalf came from, where the name Thor came from, where the name Thrain came from, mm-hmm. all of these names and rune symbols and everything else. He had his own sources of inspiration, which were. They weren't obscure, but they were very deep in the Nordic mythology where you had to be a scholar to really know about those things and to pull those from. But um, it's it's really amazing to see what he did, where he took that, you know, his source information and his inspiration and then molded his own world around that. Shows, yeah, he I was, think he was so ridiculous about it that like the to translate it to different languages. He just didn't want it to just be translated, right? Because, you know, he didn't want the names to change because they had so much meaning behind them, et cetera. He didn't want to just become like something easier to pronounce. And, you know, how you do that when you translate things over, you just kind of change mm-hmm. absolutely everything about the name and everything. He was really hardcore about it. I'll tell you one more piece of uh, Lord of the Rings uh, nerdity that I didn't even know existed until uh, last week. Uh, apparently, there was a entire the whole uh, lord of the rings trilogy was made into a movie i guess you called it a movie a really long movie in russia and uh, and it and it had vanished off the face of the planet right it was made like in the 70s or something yeah it's really bad it's bad but it's, it's so really funny man. it's a good time it's a good time i heard it's about really it bad. yeah i haven't i, I haven't watched seen any of it i did it's, too it's it's brutal but it is like it is it's funny because of how Jeez. bad it is but it also shows like they were passionate about it like yeah oh yeah they put a lot of work into it the the level of production is not anything remotely close to professional for some reason tom bombadil is a giant and it's like <laughs> it's like the only time that the, that the halflings are smaller than everybody else and you're like <laughs> Well, why did you do the proportions right here? But then if you read the translation, that's for some weird reason they decided Tom Bombadil was a giant. So here's a fun little side note, too, on the same topic of, of Hobbit lore and Lord of the Rings stuff. So uh, I don't know the guy in particular, but uh, uh, there's a friend of mine who is a, a, a public speaker, blogger, writer, photographer who's from Italy. Um, and he's been doing a bunch of interviews throughout the pandemic and uh, with Italian uh, influencers and content creators and so on and so forth and there is a facebook page run by a guy it's called my hobbit life now most of the content is in italian but here's what's interesting about this this guy is a lord of the rings fanatic and he with his wife and family they have bought a piece of land in italy and they are creating their own version 
gyre. And it's very slowly growing and they're they're building hobbit holes and everything else and they've got friends. But what, what's really interesting is right now they're actually doing a cross-country trip um, across Italy where they're going to Mount mm-hmm. Vesuvius and they're going to throw the ring in the fire. But it's him and a bunch of other content creators and uh, filmmakers and photographers and et cetera from Italy who are all passionate Tolkien fans. And they are doing a walking trip they're hiking across italy they're doing camping they're staying in castles they're they're going to villages and they're eventually going to culminate with you know mount vesuvius being uh mount doom and they're going to throw the ring into the fire it's such a cool like you know cosplay type event that they're doing um i think it's just it's another level of showing how how tolkien has influenced so many people beyond just the literary works and the um the movies and video games and so on and so forth. Then you have people who really do, they're out there living the Hobbit life. Um, it's very interesting. That is cool. I would totally live in a Hobbit hole. Those are pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember when I started reading the actual Hobbit book too, like just how different a lot of that goes, you know? Like there's pretty, pretty big differences compared to the to the movies. And I never read any of that stuff, you know, beforehand, you know, before the movies or anything, so... Just make sure that you go back and watch the animated versions of The Hobbit, um, yeah. and then the uh, which is bad but good. Yeah. Then there's the Bakshi um, animated version, which in, even though they only went up to Helm's Deep, so much of that film influenced what Peter Jackson. Like, there's some scene for scene stuff, especially like the scene when the hobbits are hiding underneath the root and the Nazgul comes by for the first time and they're all hunkered down under the root of that tree and like stuff's crawling out on, over them. And Frodo's thinking about putting the ring on and Sam's like, no, don't do it. You know, like that whole scene is scene for scene pulled from the animated film. And then if you ever get around to it, the return of the King animated movie, which is so horrible, but also so camp, you have to watch it with the songs and everything. Um, yeah, man, there's, there's been a lot of interesting stuff spun out around Tolkien years. Yeah, dude, I uh, I I watched the Hobbit cartoon so long. It was like in the seventies, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, it's, a, it's a long yeah. time ago. I was like a yeah. kid. I was like young. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't even, too. but I don't even remember it anymore. I mean, I remember watching it, and I remember very vague, like so vaguely, like the the visual style. I think to the cartoon, yeah. but man, it's been it's so a great long. Cartoon. Yeah, yeah, and I I time. bought my brother years ago when he was just a kid because there is a thirteen age. Uh, 13 year gap between mm. brother and I. Um, I bought him when he was, I think he was seven when I bought it for him. There was a really cool, it's a wooden box set. It's on CD. This is how long ago it was. Um, but it was a wooden box case with like the Lord of the Rings, you know, wood burned into the, into the wood and everything. But it's Ian Holm, Sir mm. Ian Holm doing the narrative, you know, the unabridged version of The Hobbit. It's so good. It's so good. Um, especially now that he, you know, he passed, you know, couple years ago i think now um it's it's a treasure now because to hear him because that was before he played bilbo in the movies he had done that unabridged reading of the hobbit and so it just it was perfect the casting cast for yes yeah that is true it's exciting man it really is exciting um i had no idea he did that though although yeah to be fair you know the other day i was uh flipping through Netflix or something. And I think I actually clicked and like, probably not the best thing to fall asleep to, but it was totally what I fell asleep to that night was aliens. Uh, the alien yeah. first alien movie. And the then first I, one? Okay. yeah, I think it's the first one. I was just like, I was like, wait a damn minute. I was like, 
Oh my God, it's Bill Bo Baggins. I was like, holy he's shit. Yeah, Ian Holm. Ian Holm is. He's in it. I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's so uh, young. He's the android. Yeah, he's the android. I was oh, like, wow. how did I not see him? How did I not put together that that was the, what? I've watched that movie so many times. How did that never, <laughs> how did I never make that reference? And I was just like, wow, dude, no. It just blew my mind, but it was like in a good way. I was like, holy shit. It was a good time. I can't, but... <laughs> I can't believe that we've uh, we've been on the show for even this long and nobody has um, mentioned the, the awesome MMO that came out. Nobody's. Oh, God. thought you guys would be overabundantly yeah. excited. I have a feeling this. you're trolling. Let's go on which, ahead. Which Nathan. one are we talking about? Uh, come on, guys. You, I know you've been playing it. <laughs> no, you don't know shit. I already it. feel like he's... No, I haven't. Whatever it is. Let's so. unleash Exactly. Out, right? See? I knew this is what he was going to say. It's, it's <gasps> obviously the bit, next big thing, right? Like, Well, numbers-wise, numbers, numbers wise, it is... It is it does have very big numbers right now. Mm. It's doing pretty good. Um, it's it's and, not bad. It's an action MMO, and it's kind of uh, you know like pathy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not a lot of freedom. It doesn't feel like there's some, but not a lot. You know, it's just another. It's another. <laughs> uh, so almost human in chat. I feel like he's trolling as well because mm. he's really hating on Bless Unleashed, and regardless of whether it's China or not, um, you know, having eighty thousand. Um, concurrent on Steam alone, you can't deny that those are big numbers. So I don't. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> it's it's early. It's early on. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's too know. early to know if it's a hit or not. But it yeah, is, it is big numbers. but why did they call it Bless Unleashed? Right? Like, <laughs> come on. There was a ton of time there. You had to realize this was a bad idea to well, even put the word bless on it. Right? Yeah. Well, it's like Archage Unchained. I mean, Unchained, Unleashed. I mean, you see the trend. You see the trend. You see where we're going. Yeah, with this. they keep doing that. Yeah. It's it's either Unleashed <laughs> or somehow it's it's being untamed and just released or or it's a. Uh, forever you know eternal or we're not holding it back anymore now. we yeah, won't yeah. do this anymore to you or to the game it's going to be the best game you've ever played we're unleashing the monster <laughs> that it is now get ready back the first time buckle so, up buttercup it was too crazy for you we we had to hold it back and now uh, we're just gonna we're turning it loose on you uh, it's gonna be crazy okay i'm lol yeah no i'm not playing it i have zero intention it's, it's just like uh, when raid shadow legends asked me to do a sponsored stream and i told him no thank you i'm, I'm good gonna wait for, i'm gonna wait for the mobile release right. fair enough <laughs> oh man uh, look. I honestly, I'm not. I, I just don't like action MMOs, so I yeah. tend to stay for. I, that's which, which is why I, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, that I enjoyed my time in the new world closed beta. Um, I mean, I, I, the videos were good enough that I decided to spend forty bucks on it, and subsequently, I did enjoy it. But I felt like that 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 game is much more than just action combat. I think there is you know, the crafting system is very in depth, and there there are some positives to that game. Whereas I don't see anything that appeals to me with Blessing at all. Um, it's just kind of like, mm, yeah, no thanks. Good yeah. for them that they're doing, they appear to be doing well with launch. Um, we'll see whether it sustains itself. Because I've heard some people complain that a similar problem with many other action MMOs is they release, people get a good two months out of it, and then there's nothing to do after that. And so they yeah. go on to the next big thing. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. we we talked about this a little bit last time and I did see a comment in chat and it's a good, it's a good point to hit on and then the transition from, but I, before we do, I, I just, 
I gotta, I gotta, I've gotta, I've gotta share this. I saw this, yo. I'm linking this, you guys. Yo, someone took 50 mods to The Witcher 3, and they've got like this, is it 8K video or whatever? Oh my, oh boy. Is that a pretty looking game, man? It is looking good. It looks so good. I linked it. It's just, what? Massive improvement, man. It looks so, so good. I mean, I sat there. I like literally woke up today. And part of waking up is like I'm sitting here looking. And, then, you know, I check out what, what the feed is. And I see this 8K footage of The Witcher 3 with 60 or with 50 mods. I'm like, huh? And I went and looked at it. I was like, oh, my God. That looks so good. I want it. I want I want, I want, I want to mod it and I want to play it looking like that. I will play the whole damn yeah, thing right. again. It is extremely impressive. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really watching it. it right now. That is, Whoa. that is pretty cool. I'm, I'm really hoping, I don't know that they will, but I would love to see that game get a, you know, PlayStation 5 port mm. um, where they upgrade it um, to the next generation consoles. Um, because you've obviously seen that modders can do some very cool yes. things with, increasing the visual quality and i'm also going to say because i'm also playing red dead online right now i think it's another game that if someone took the t like i've seen it with mods and it looks amazing there are some games like that um my wife is not a gamer and she will sit and watch me play red dead online she'll also sit and she loved i've played witcher 3 twice all the way through oh, so good and she has watched it with me both times not all the way through but she sat here for like three hour sessions just sat on the couch and watched and just loved it. And that oh, was before man. the show came out. And ever since the yeah. show, now she loves Witcher World even more because doesn't look if you want them to do like a which I'd I agree with you, I think they should do a um you know, kind of like they did with uh uh the the latest time that they did the uh Elder Scrolls um where they Skyrim released it. Yeah, Skyrim really released it with like whatever they ended up calling it, the legendary edition. So we can all be looking for that. Maybe maybe they'll call it the Witcher Three Unleashed, right? Um that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, God, they dude. They <laughs> that, but delayed reaction i didn't even catch that no i'm just sorry <laughs> man dude i remember i remember like that i think it was a year ago or something that there was like this hd mod someone made for the witcher 3 and it it was definitely an improvement but to me i didn't think it was like exceptional it was just a slight like bump still Shout out to the person who did it because that's still a lot of their time and energy, and it absolutely did improve the way the game looked. And then it was around that time that I remember somebody was like, "They're actually gonna be like re-releasing The Witcher Three as an HD version, and then people that already own it are just gonna get that new version." I don't know if that's happened already because I I get my head stuck in my little place and I don't really like pay attention sometimes. But I saw this and I was like, yep, that's that's by far when I look at a modded game. I mean, I've seen some pretty sick stuff for Skyrim that looks really good, but I'm sorry that that presentation of The Witcher that I just saw is by far the best modded game that I've ever played that I've ever seen up updated or potentially upgraded to some, you know, new modded, beautiful form. It was spectacular. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep that link and I'm probably going to be nerding about it for a while. I'm like, this is one of those things where you see it and you're like, Oh, you got to see this dude. You got to see this. Like I'm going to show my fiance. That I'm like, Oh, I love you. Gotta look at this. 
I'm totally be like, look, and watch it together. You know, were you guys were you guys the kids where you get like uh, I don't know, you get a new console or you get this game that's like kind of cutting edge for the time when you're a kid and you had to you know drag everybody in there to look at it even if they didn't give a crap about video games. You're like, no, no, you gotta yeah. see this. This is crazy. Were you guys like that too? Yes. You're always yes. Dragging people in, like, look at this. Look how, look what you can do in this game. And, you know, <laughs> everybody is like, look, look at the really graphics. Like... Look at the graphics. It's always the word graphics. There's so many home videos. I'm trying to restore. My mom has the old cassettes, you know, and I'm trying to restore them because they're like rotting yeah. and stuff. So, going through the process, so I'm going through all these home videos. And, man, it's so funny because every time I'm in a video, I'm just like, <laughs> I see a camera. I'm already playing a video game. And I'm like, come look at this. Come see this. You got to see what I'm doing. Here. Watch this. And like, it's so funny. And oh, awesome. you can tell people on the cameras, like my aunts and stuff, they're like, oh, that's so cool. And they're like trying to leave them. No, look at this. It's man. hilarious. Like I was, I was meant to be a content creator at birth, I guess. Oh, man. You know, we talked last time about how Lord of the Rings, it's not even the right, like we need their title for this, but it's the Tolkien. It's basically... You know, we talked about Silmarillion, right? It's kind of like second age stuff. So Silmarillion is yeah. like kind of more like first age. The second age stuff is like sort of like what's going on with, you know, well, actually, no, Silmarillion is that first or second age? It's it's it has some first Both, age, right? but it's a lot of second. Yeah, age. It's, oh. it's a lot of second age. Actually, I knew I misspoke on that. Um, so but but anyway, the point is, is that they they are now going to be doing that. They did the first series, like first season for this new Tolkien you know, show in new zealand and now they're going to the uk and that's like pretty big man like there i've been seeing like things over the course of this week of like you know who dropped the ball who made the mistake like how could they let this go and and now it's like you know it's not the it's not going to be the mecca anymore they start well they start it's, it's interesting else, because if you dive into it it's just all about financing yeah. because they dropped they dropped 450 million dollars in new zealand just yeah. for season one built yeah. all the sets and everything else now they're moving to if i'm not mistaken it's scotland um because of all the incentives that they're being offered in scotland to bring the production to scotland because scotland for those of you who don't know um if you're not already watching it there's a show called outlander um, which has oh, yeah. become like the de facto um big show in uh scotland it's pulled all the scottish actors in um they've also produced you know some of the Game of Thrones stuff was produced in Scotland, but going from Game of Thrones to Outlander, those were two big shows that have already been filmed there, and um, they've already done some Netflix productions there as well, and now Scotland is really kicking up a notch, and they apparently have made a big enough of a, of a tax incentive and financing offer to Amazon Studios that they were willing to throw away the $450 million investment that they made in New Zealand to move production to Scotland. So I think that should show you mm. the level of commitment a that Amazon has to making this a huge show because they've already mm. spent 450 million dollars and now they're going to that's just for season 1. Yeah. 450 million dollars for season 1. And now to be shifting gears for season 2, you know, they're putting a bunch of money into the show and and I know some people have, have used the the shift of location doom and gloom scenario mm -hmm. i think it's, i don't really think it's a doom and gloom scenario it's just it's all about financing and taxes and and amazon studios gone well if we can make it for 250 million dollars a year cheaper because we're gonna get all these tax incentives then we might as well do it over yep. in scotland but it does suck 
for the reason you just said, because New Zealand is no longer going to be the mecca of no. Tolkien. Um, because previously, you know, Hobbit was filmed there, all three of the Hobbit movies, all three of the Lord no. of the Rings movies, and they were planning on doing all of five seasons of this new Middle Earth show. So, yeah. Eh. Yeah, you can't be like, you know, like it's not the only Middle Earth place to live now. It won't be. So, no. And that's, that's, it's, it is, it is, that's, that is kind of like the thing. But, you know, you still want to see Hobbiton. Like it's still there, like the tree and, and the hole in the ground, all that stuff. You can still go there and, and see it. Um, I still plan to one day when New Zealand opens up borders. Right. Yeah. Maybe now they have a little bit more incentive to Mara. Uh, let me in. But anyway, we talked about the shit three. We talked about some of those things. And I haven't heard a whole lot in regard to like Blizzard stuff. I kind of, it was like hot and heavy for a while there. I kind of did a bit of a rant about it recently that I'm going to kind of share here soon. But mostly just how it just is such such a disappointment. Uh, just everything that's kind of happened, which I'll save that for the other place. But um, there was one topic. Um, actually, let's jump to this one, right? Because I saw somebody mention this in chat. And I know that I think, Renfield, you mentioned this last time as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, Amazon is also doing something else. That's potentially going to be pretty big, too. And it's over another great number of books, which we have someone else in chat like Spire here who actually shared his whole collection with me, an image of it. This is talking about the the wheel of time. Yeah. Um, Epic. um, For those of you who have never read the wheel of time, um, it, it is it's it's Tolkien level of world building in the sense that there's so much that went into this um and who who Jordan was as a writer and a world builder um you know he has flaws as a writer he could be a little overly descriptive and he tends to ramble on which some of us have that curse <laughs> um but um <laughs> it it is one of those series where it's one of the biggest fantasy series that's ever been written and it's epic in every scale. And I'm, I'm very, very cautiously optimistic and I'm trying so hard not to let myself be hyped about the show because of the fact that those books are so huge and the series is so huge that I really am. am like, I don't know how they're going to be able to condense it down because this first season is only eight episodes. And I'm like, how do you, I mean, you're not going to be able to. You're not doing book one in eight episodes. You're you're com- because you got 14 books. You're not doing 14 seasons. No, no, no production company is going to let you do 14 seasons without doing a trial by fire. Even Game of Thrones only went what seven, eight seasons. Mm. Um, and and they were ahead of Martin finishing the books. So I'm cautiously optimistic. The 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 the. The pictures they released yesterday, I believe it was, with everybody, all the cast members in their costumes. Yeah. The first time of the day. that was kind of cool. I got a little. I was like, no, don't, don't get hyped, don't get hyped, because I also had big hopes for the Shannara series, oh, and yeah. it got canceled after two seasons. I had big hopes for the Sword of Truth series. It mm-hmm. got canceled after two seasons. Both of those were very, and I think I might have even talked about this on one of these times of the show where both of those shows did it in a way where it was like all the actors were like impossibly beautiful like two percent body fat like oh, just yeah. not realistic whereas it looks what they're doing with the wheel of time is like the guy who's playing perrin looks like a big beefy dude like he's anybody's not like 
muscle, you know, he's just, he looks like a big dude, you know, like a Smith would be not, not like a muscle bound bodybuilder, but like mm. just a, a big character, like a big boy who can swing a hammer, you know? And so I'm seeing some very realistic casting. And I also know that I think his name's Raph. I forget his last name. The, the guy who's the showrunner for wheel of time is also a huge fan of the series, which I want to spin nice. this slightly just to, just to say this really quick, because when you have a showrunner that is such a huge fan of the show in the first place, it can do good things for things. Because I would like to say that Netflix just made an announcement today that I can't remember her name, Lauren. I, I really, I'm, I can't remember her name. She's the woman who uh, took the Witcher franchise right. and turned it into the hit for Netflix. Netflix just signed a multi-year, multi-production deal with her, an exclusivity contract for her to produce other content for Netflix because they love what she's done with the net with the Witcher series so much that they want to let her go create other universes in oh, Netflix. Nice. Now. So I, I think that's a good example of what a guy like Raph can do, if that's his name correctly, um, when they are so passionate about the source material and they're the showrunner as well. So I'm so cautiously optimistic about Amazon's show. And also because they're not trying to do 16 episode seasons. They're trying to do eight episodes, which can be good and bad. It can be good if they do it in a way that compacts everything into these hour-long, right. action-packed, right. super cohesive, uh, you know, episodes. So, fingers crossed, because God, I love those books. <laughs> Dude, you know, uh, there's another, yeah, and you also have like the showrunner for freaking The Witcher. I mean, like, I can't say it's true, but you know, Henry Cavill actually claims like he, he's a huge Witcher fan too. did you see the recent um interview where he's sitting down and he's pointing at like the chandelier from the set oh yeah that that was witcher con man and he was nerding so hard on that i was like he's one of us dude you can't fake that you can't fake that level of nerd man we i we know our kind man and he is he's a super nerd because he was nerding out about that and talking about the four is it 40k whatever yeah and i didn't get the reference but i was like Dude. i didn't either I... <laughs> that was that was yeah i'm not a big 40k guy but yeah he yeah, just went off and he was that. like i mean so specific about exactly what this was like and anybody that knows would know this and this is like and he was sitting there and doing it he he was totally distracted by the fact that he like looked over he's like this looks exactly like, like something from a i know we're, yeah. we're here at WitcherCon, but uh real quick i just have to point this out because yeah. anybody here who knows like you guys right you're with me he's like yeah whole different franchise he totally had to point it out i was like that was <laughs> that was gold man you know he, he that to well, me it's just good it. yeah this is good to see he's that. talked about how his dad was a pc gamer and there's an interview out there where someone asked him a question at a press conference where we're like so xbox or playstation and he looks like he goes PC, dude. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's, just, it's like it's such an epic moment where he's like, "Yeah, my dad got me into PC gaming early on." Yeah, and I, there's a famous interview where he talks about he was on a raid in World of Warcraft mm-hmm. when he got the call from right. um to to be Superman, and he totally like was like looked over the phone and was like, <laughs> and then was like, "Oh shit, I need to answer that," and it had already <laughs> gone to voicemail because he was too busy in the raid. Um, you know, Zack Snyder calling to say, Hey, you know, you got the part. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, it's cool to see, um, also him in particular, you know, he pursued not, you know, he might not have been the perfect person for the role. It turns out was the perfect person for the role, but he pursued the Witcher role. Yeah. Like his, had his agent call Netflix every day, like 
what's when can I do the when can I when can I you know try out you know when can I when I, can I do casting for it you know when can I at least submit my reel you know do my thing um because he wanted that really bad and it panned out for him which is great um and also I think we talked about this last week too because signed on to the Highlander franchise so I'm super stoked oh about my that God, dude. so the wheel of time yeah Richard Highlander Lord of the Rings like Good time, a good, good time to be a nerd, man. Be a nerd. Yeah, it, is, it really is I wish, right now. I wish I could. I wish I could throw He-Man in there, but I can't. Oh no! Did you uh, actually go back and watch nerd. that, my chance? I did, and it could be better now. The one thing they did with Skeletor <laughs> is pretty cool. I gotta admit, it's pretty cool. It has some potential now, but still, it's like I'm not gonna get over that they trolled me. I don't care if they tried to redeem it at the very end. They trolled me, and it makes me angry. Oh, that trailer. Yeah. People talk about the Dune. Uh, I saw that in there from Spire and Chat too. Talk about Dune. That movie is gonna be. It looks good, dude. I have not read the books. I did uh, watch the old movie or whatever, the older one. Okay, ones. if you've watched the old movie, here's what I need to say to you. Mm-hmm. It might be hard to find. Sci-fi did a miniseries in 2001. Huh? The special effects are not that great, but it is. It is a very true to the book miniseries, which is why they did it as a miniseries and not a two-hour movie. Um, right. very, very, very good miniseries that sci-fi did. I think it was 2001. Um, William Hurt played the dad. Um, there's this British Scottish actor actually who played um, uh, the main character. Um, very good. Um, if you've never read the book, I would say tr- if you can, if you find the time, try to read it before the movie comes out in October, Oof. because I have no di- no doubt that Dennis is gonna. Because I loved Blade Runner, I loved Arrival. Like this guy has done some amazing stuff with science fiction with his films, and he went all in for the movie. The only downside is that this movie only covers the first half of the book, so they went into it planning to do a two-part film. The thing that pisses me off is is even though they plan to do it as a two-part film, they haven't greenlit the second film yet. I heard it. I heard about this. Yeah, they're still waiting to see how the first one does, which makes me a little irritated because even though it's Commit. supposed to be this epic sci-fi film it's only going to cover the first half of the book um but dune is an exceptional it is what tolkien did for fantasy frank herbert did for science fiction yeah um but that Mm. takes into account the full dune franchise not just the first book but that first book is very um it's it's out there man it's so good um but i would say if you if you like if you like the the even though David Lynch really he disowned that movie because he didn't have uh, he didn't get editorial um, cut on that he didn't get a final cut. Um, it's a good film, but it's way different than the book. Whereas the miniseries that Sci-Fi did is very true to the book. Um, and I think if you've seen that first David Lynch film, you're gonna see this next movie and be like, "What the fuck? This is nothing like that other one." And it's because the David Lynch version is way way different. Um, but that knife fight with Sting at the end of the he is still so cool. Um, first film. Um, oh man, it's so good. It's We're, gonna be a good film. It's it's one of the one of the books. And yeah, it's been on my list for sure. I, I got my second uh, vaccine shot on Tuesday, Congrats. and I'm gonna be street legal here in a couple of weeks. And I already told my wife, I was like, I don't care if you want to go with me or not. I will go see Dune in the theater. Like that's. I don't care about the theater too much anymore because you can get a pretty good experience on your home with big screen, yeah, you know, everything. Some you of them. But yeah. like I have gone and seen all the Lord of the Rings movies in the theaters, all the Star Wars movies in the theaters. I will go see Dune on the big screen 
COVID or no COVID, I will just make sure. Because the nice thing about here is you can reserve your seats. So I will make sure to get like a seat where there's nobody around me and just be like, fuck off, don't get near me. I want to watch my film and not get sick. <laughs> that would be so a chance to get to catch the Dune variant. <laughs> yeah. Dude, have you seen this one though? Uh, I saw this one was, re I had no idea this was happening. They're making another D and they're making a D and D movie. Yeah. You Chris know? Pine signed on for yeah. it like six months ago. You're getting paid also, too. Crazy yeah, amount. It's, it's not going to be a small film. So I think what they're hoping, I like Chris Pine anyway. And you know, I'm actually in the middle of watching the Kelvin variants on Netflix right now. Cause I love his star Trek films. Um, I like those my fourth time watching those that trilogy of films. Uh, I like I like everything Chris Pine is. If you haven't watched The Outlaw King yet on on Netflix, by the way, it's good. It's, it's oh, it's so good. It's good. my wife and I have watched it twice. It's such a good movie. It's it's the William Wallace oh, yeah. tale, but yes. but in a more historical yep. manner. And he just uh, man, ah, speaking him of which, with the beard the is like whew. kid that's going to be in Dunes in that too. Yes, Timothy uh, yep. Schaller. I forget his last name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the new D and D movie, the cast alone looks like it's shaping up to be a very good film. Yeah. Um, and given the, the rise of Dungeons and Dragons in the last decade, um, I think we're in for a treat. I think we're in for a new trilogy. Yeah, I hope so. Because there's a lot to work with there. Like, yes. um, you know what they, you know, I, I'm hoping they really take it seriously. Right. Like, um, the other movie, um, we were it's just pretty, talking about this with my brother the other day. The, pretty bad. The, you know, the Iron Spill. Uh, <laughs> David Wayne. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like, it was kind of like, man, this is not, you know, this is like a bad representation of the kind of stuff. You know, because the way it feels sometimes is like, you know, a lot of people know that I like things, but they don't know anything about it or they know very little or whatever. They're not really interested in it. It's like, and then they release a movie that has this, title of something they're like oh this is the kind of stuff uh nathan likes let me check it out and it's like this is not a good representation <laughs> of what i like and it's embarrassing <laughs> like embarrasses me you know <laughs> oh dude i just saw that uh was it red dead uh 2 dlss rtx 3090 you linked for us here in uh in our chat this is our little private um you know podcast chat or whatever holy shit yeah, and that's like Nathan was saying. That's really? just maxed out. That's not modded, right? Damn, yeah. that's yeah. Crazy that's looking. just that's just the way that game released uh, with max setting. Because you because you couldn't really run it smoothly um, when it launched uh, with the Jeez, with the current man. hardware that or, that was available. So you know, here with the thirty series, we can finally see what the game really was supposed to look like. God bless, dude. There's so many Looks things good. going on lately. Jeez, man. I mean, we had bad news with Blizzard for a while. It was like freaking big ass buzzkill. Now we got all this like tasty ass, you know, nerd nerd culture to enjoy. Balance of the Force, bitch. Freak. Yeah. Balance of the Force. Have you seen this one? I I was curious. It's a T T M O R P G book what? of travels. Attempts to elaborate on the TMORPG subgenre. I don't know what that subgenre is, but I, don't I do know ab either. I do know about the game, um, because it, it 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 its art style looks interesting. But I haven't the I've watched some of their dev diaries, and I haven't seen anything that compels me to want to buy it because it looks like it's so sub niche. 
It just mean time? that I'm not in. I'm not into the type of gameplay it offers. What's that? Yeah, it just means like it's it's a it, so we've had these type of MMOs before, right? TMO, TMO or whatever would just basically be um, like a condensed version of MMO. Instead of it being so massive and you know thousands of people per server, maybe you condense it down uh, to you know a few hundred people or um, yeah. you know that kind of thing. So, or what I would like to think of is like what you would think of maybe like the original guild wars um i would consider that TMO, um, right? gotcha that makes sense actually so it's like it's got some interaction and it's got some of the hallmarks of an mmo but it's not right. trying to actually be all massive and people everywhere yeah i'm seeing that interesting i mean the style of the of the game is pretty interesting yeah that's what has intrigued me is the art style but uh, i haven't seen anything from the gameplay that has compelled me to want to pre-order it yet so yeah. kind of what i'm feeling is like it looks really cool but i don't know if i'd want to play it i don't if you know what i'm missing on this one again what's the what's the story here like you notice that gets me doesn't it that just really does get me if there's no good story i'm just like i don't care yeah right it's um, my wife and I were just discussing this the other day. Um, mm. We were we were just going into deep dives into story yeah. and stuff. Because um, she's she's not intimately in up to speed with the story of the world that we're working on. Because she's left most of that to my brother and I. And she was actively mm. asking questions the other day, and so I was diving into like the world building, and she had a bunch of questions about this, and like, well, how did they do it over here, and what about the elves from over here? And one big question was like. Why can't you use the word Hobbit? And I had to, that, that was going into, okay, then there's, that's what Dungeons and Dragons got in trouble for back in the 70s. That's why they're called halflings in D&D and not Hobbits, because, you know, yeah. even though they are representative of half of Hobbits, they have to be called halflings. It's like, so we did a big, but we did a big story talk going into, which ties in, we talked about this a little bit last week with the IP conversation in terms of, you know, there are some movies you know, or anything. If, if there's not a good story, you're going to get one film out of it. But if there's a good story, you get John Wick. You know, that was the example last week where you get a franchise because there's a lore around it. And Nathan, you talked about this last week too, about the, the depth and breadth and width and everything about Dungeons and Dragons. We've got 40 years of history or more um, yeah. to pull from. And, and, and even if we're just talking Forgotten Realms, we've got 40 years of history almost. Yeah. Um, but if we talk about the scope of all of the franchises that, that Wizards of the Coast has under the brand, man, there's there's Dragonlance, there's Forgotten yeah. Realms. Everon, yeah, why, why would we not get any Dragonlance love? That's what I want to know. Well, <laughs> what's this up is, with, this what's is up what... with all the Forgotten Realms and then, the, you know, Dragonlance like, eh, we're over you. Like, I'm, I'm, we, I'm, I don't know what to think about <laughs> oh, that. Oh, Nathan. <laughs> There is the new going on there. I can see it. (laughs) Well, there is the new um, Weiss and Hickman are writing a Dragonlance trilogy because that was a lawsuit last year because they sued Wizards of the Coast for $10 million because they were going to cancel the book series after they'd already written the first book and gotten the second draft finished. Then Wizards was like, nah, we don't want to do it. And they were like, you, we want $10 million because you said you were going to pay us and do this. Um, And then they went ahead and, and agreed to, you know, continue the trilogy. So, there is. There appears to be, at the very least, Wizards of the Coast is 
maybe not willingly, but at the very least, there is some Dragonlance coming down the pipeline in the form of a new trilogy of books. And I know all of us who are Dragonlance nerds have hope that this upcoming open world uh, D&D game that's being worked on is a Dragonlance game, because we've already seen Neverwinter is a Forgotten Realms game. The most recent fucking fiasco of a game that I finally deleted off my PlayStation and never finished with Dark Alliance. That was Forgotten Realms. Like, we've seen, mm, you know, right. Baldur's Gate 3 is Forgotten Realms. Yep. Like, where is the Dragonlance love? I'm with yeah, you on that one. Nathan. I agree. Like, come yeah. on, guys. Like, <laughs> like come on. Yeah, not, it's, not that, it's not that I hate Forgotten Realms or anything. It's cool. It's just, okay, okay, we know, we know. You know what I mean? Like, um, What's up the new, I though? Have a, yeah, I don't have a problem with this. Just you've got, you've got a very beloved other side that you could easily just start whipping out some content for in any form you freaking want to. Mm. Um, so I don't know. You got to admit I, seeing Raceland, if they could cast Raceland properly for a film series or a TV show, I don't really care as long as I get to see like, cause the Dragonlance, the, 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 the animated film they did was such a piece of shit that I'm just like, please redeem this franchise please make it better (laughs) you're like please make it better just just try yeah yeah i agree Uh, it's a it's a i i will always say that i just have always felt like that D &D has always gotten the shaft for the most part on on every angle you know what i mean like it's like every angle that they could succeed in they they just I don't know if it's their own fault. I guess it is, but they just shaft themselves, and it's like, man, you an MMO, man, a real one. Like, it's it's literally the inspiration for MMOs. We talked about this last week, but yeah. it's just like that drives me nuts. At least, though, I've always said that too. Like, an op- give us an open world game, then, right? Now, I would argue, I would argue that D and and we don't know maybe it is i don't think it will be but since it's dungeons and dragons is an open world first of all it should be super hard like if you're level one it should take you a long time to get to level two and you should get your your mm. ass kicked right if you're trying to do some crazy stuff but number two because it's dungeons and dragons this is the perfect uh franchise for you to do four player co-op in an open world right yes how awesome would that be Six player would be better, but yes. Six players would be awesome, but I'd be okay with four because I know that's, you know, it's easier for whatever reason to to do that. But like, how cool would it be to have some friends where it's like, hey, every Tuesday when we all get off of work at eight o'clock till till we pass out, let's let's get on and play our little campaign here we got going. Uh, By the way, I'm so happy that you said it should be hard as fuck for yes. level ones yeah because this was something um we just did a third session on uh uh last night and i didn't level them up until last night so they went all of like two and a half six like eight hours of being level one and over the course of like three sessions before i let them level up to level two because i don't there shouldn't the journey shouldn't man be leveling it's yeah it's the journey and it's about the role play and the fun and the adventure and and you should feel rewarded when you finally level up. Like, you know, it should it should mean something. It shouldn't yeah. just happen because you killed some monsters. It's like, oh no, no, you need to do yes. something epic to earn that milestone that thing. Yeah, character and development. It, like, and and I feel like fifth edition really kind of um, harnessed that. How much fun it is to like be 
a shitty little level one because all their campaigns are built uh, for the fifth edition anyway to, to like start over and like start at level one, work your way up to maybe level five or so. But like um, when you're level one and your stats just kind of suck, right? And you don't have a whole lot of things uh, in your tool belt except for your imagination. Um, then when you get faced with a few goblins or whatever, it's scary, dude. Like, you know, like they get a crit on you and that might be, that might be it for you. That might be, that might be, that might be the end of you. So you like yeah, you, play very carefully. Especially if you're a mage and you've only got like four hit points, maybe yes. six. It's like, yes. do <laughs> not do anything risky because it yeah. could right. be the end of you. Right. First thing usually at a, any uh, mage is, okay, I'm going to, Let's get out of the way. Let me back up. Let me get how far can I run again? Let me go that way. Um, where exactly are the mobs again? Let me let me go the who's other got way. The, who's got the you know <laughs> strongest armor here that can walk up in the front? And... Yeah. The other thing, by the way, I love about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, about tabletop games, and I, I would love to see them do this in a game in the right way, which is um, something that that I was doing with Saga Lucibia, which is there's no taunt in there's no taunt button. Yeah. There's no taunt ability. Yes, true. For warriors yeah. in Dungeons and Dragons. So there is no aggro mechanic. It's all based on, you know, strategic positioning and dice rolls and but there's no taunt. That's a that's an MMORPG and video game specific ability, taunt, where you, the tank pull the aggro and save the day. And that's one of the things where when when uh, when I was working on Saga, you know, I I was always adamant that I didn't want there to be a guaranteed taunt ability. It needed to be a dice roll so that there was a chance for failure because you shouldn't have, in my mind, a guaranteed taunt. And that's something I would love if they could do a true representation of D and D, whether it's a open world game or if they did a new version of an MMORPG. But I would love to see no aggro mechanics, like yeah. it, it, because that makes it. That's one of the things I love about playing tabletop is it's not about aggro. It's based on dice rolls. So it's random, you know, and, and you have to react to those situations as a group. So yeah. there is no one ability saves the day. Right. Well, I don't know. Dimension door with, with fireball and everybody having fire resistance <laughs> rings on and you could just like throw your fighter in the middle of Dimension Door in, drop a fireball, bounce back out with Dimension Door. There's some cool shit you can do as a wizard Yeah. Uh, in, in D&D. Um, I think almost you you figured it out in chat though. He said you taunt the mob by yep. taunting the DM. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty smart. That's I good. Say, that's, that's good. I think we've all done it before. Yeah. Super throw accurate. Stuff at you. That's the you know that's the thing that's always the the I have not done nearly enough D and D. I really want to one day like to just be like this is a dedicated thing. The thing that's always appealed to me about that is that you you get together with your homies and you go on an adventure. And it's not the kind of adventure that you just jump like you jump into and it's done for the night or it's done in a week. Like it's it's the kind of adventure meant that to be gone on together week after week, right. month after right. month or whatever so, for a yeah, long like a time. I'm going to hold you to this. So mm. a little little teaser here. Mm -hmm. We haven't told anybody this yet, but here here's a little teaser. Yes. Next year, we're probably going to be starting after the first of the year. I'm going to hold you to this if you're really serious about this. Okay. Um, we are going to be starting a weekly adventure series based on our world and our campaign, which we're in the middle of testing right now. Okay. And we're going to be starting the next year. And the idea is that we're going to go through and we're going to dedicate a minimum of 52 weekly episodes to going through the first Ooh. campaign modules. Mm, shit. And we're, we haven't yet started 
talking to who we want to be on the show. Yeah. But if you're serious about this, I'm serious about it. Then I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to get you in. You know what the best part is? I don't have to be responsible for running the damn thing. That's the the best part. And we, hey, listen. Doesn't mean I won't invest in being knowledgeable. So here's my thing. If I would love to do it, right? Oh, God. Here we go. But, but in order for me to do it, I would need at least for us to get together one night off camera. Yeah. No campaign. Yeah. Let's just show me how we use, um, what's it called? Roll 20 or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know anything about that. Right. Fair. Well, like I've been watching you do it and I'm, and so I'm kind of learning a little bit watching you and I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that, you know, you can do this or that, but I still don't know from the player's point of view. Like I have no idea. Like they just and to be nice honest with you, they just flick it across the screen. Like I, I no, know. there's actually there's some there's some interesting <laughs> things you work. The only reason I'm using Roll Twenty is because you can I can do the maps there, um, oh, and that's right. the maps and the dice rolls. Because all you do is there's a button on the left hand side where you if there's a dice button and you click okay. it and it opens up. It has all the dice, so one d four, one d six, one d eight, whatever, and then it has the multiples next to it. So you just click a button. And it rolls 3d6. Oh, so, so it already knows like your multipliers, et cetera, because yep. that's oh, you're on your stat sheet. So all yep. you do is roll the well, that's pretty freaking well. Cool. And the nice thing about what they have now is they have the built-in fifth edition character sheets, so that okay. my characters literally have a character sheet, and when they need to roll a strength roll, they don't have to roll a d20, they just click the strength, uh they just click the strength, the the the, the strength section of their character sheet, and it rolls a strength roll. Oh no, oh, I need to roll an insight roll. I'm gonna click the insight thing on my character sheet and it rolls the insight roll and it has all your modified uh, all your modifiers already built in so it's very intuitive so from a from a management perspective and i'm not even i'm not taking advantage of all that roll 20 has available because they've got like fog of war stuff that you can do and to like block sections of the map off if you want to get really hardcore i'm just using it for the maps so that I have a map setting for the players, but the rest of it's just all our imagination. And we needed a place to roll dice because there's also yeah. a Foundry VTT, which is the newer version of Virtual Tabletop, which I know some people prefer to roll 20, but it's new. And so I don't know enough about it. But if you're also interested, we're going to have to sit down and have yeah, a, a greater we'll have to conversation chat about this. at some point. Yeah. We're have to because chat about this will be something we wanted to do. We're planning on doing it next year because we got to, I got to finish the source book, doing the playtesting for the first module right now. And and then I got to go away and we got to get more art done and all this other stuff. But that was, That's we hadn't cool. told anybody yet that was that next year we're Spoiler playing alert. Start a weekly <laughs> series. And if you're serious about that, uh, about wanting to get into that simmer, I am. Like, yeah. You're, you're getting recruited. I am. I know Nathan I, loves taking yeah. Jobs, I, I, I want to like actually, you know, cause like my experience whenever, like it's kind of like joining an arc server, like it's a, it's a buzzkill whenever you join one and then it gets wiped, it gets deleted or it gets stops or whatever. And you kind of want to like, look, maybe your character is not forever. Right. But you want to, you want to take your character the distance and see what it's capable of. And that's always been my like issue. And I don't know enough about it to DM it. I was contemplating doing it for a while there, but then, you know, most of the people around me that I knew that were interested ended up all joining or having their own thing. And I wasn't really a part of any of that. So it's kind of like, eh, it's not the time. It's just not the time yet. That's fair. That's fine. One day it'll happen. There's a lot of good reasons. Like as a writer, one day I want to have a lot of like experience with D and D because I feel like that's gonna be really great for developing my characters. So, dude, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yes, character development. Also, um, one of the coolest parts of playing tabletop. It doesn't matter what game you're playing, whether it's something from Dungeons and Dragons or a Star Wars game or whatever the case may be, is the storytelling capabilities. There is 
especially if you're playing with a group that likes to role play and you're mm-hmm. all doing voices and you're reacting to the dice rolls and everything else, there is a part of your brain that once it gets associated with that and it gets accustomed <laughs> to doing that. You, have you ever watched, you know, like um, these improv shows? Yeah. You know, the actors, the actors have a rough outline of what they need to do for the show, um, but everything else is just improv. And they've all these improv actors talk about how in the beginning of that, it's very you're nervous and it's confusing and, and everything else. But once you get used to it, your brain starts firing these yeah. synapses where you can start coming up with these creative solutions to problems and creative answers to these questions. And you're just, you're constantly just, you're role-playing in the moment. Yeah. And that's one of the funnest parts about, for me, one of the funnest parts of tabletop for me is, and it's one of the reasons I use the, the, the flavor roles that I like to use, which is the D six, which is one, two, three is good. Four, five, six is bad. Because if I'm in a situation right. and I'm not nice. quite sure what I want to do, I just roll the dice and it's like the dice will tell me, yeah, what's should I is this a good scenario or a bad scenario? And then you just role play it. Like yeah. we had a scenario the other night where somebody was asking, he was wanting to find a book on elven and dwarven relationships, and I was just like, roll the dice and see what you find. And he rolled it. Uh, I forget what he rolled, but I was like, you found a book, but it's a book on dwarves and elves dating and getting married and the history of how there have only been like six of those to happen because and and that was just like this whole thing and then the whole group was like oh tim now you have to write that and you actually have to write that book like now you have to go out and create this <laughs> book on dwarves and elves dating and i was like oh my god that's such a cool easter egg to now have to go write that and throw that in somewhere and have like a three chapter analysis of dwarven and elven dating and that was all based on a roll of the die and just a trigger in the brain that gets switched when you're in those role play scenarios, which is so much fun. Roll the dice, whim of a player. True. Oh my god, dude. I'm like, I want to be a damn paladin. Like, I've I've played a few. Like, I played two in the sometime what like the past uh, three years. There were two that were in about a six month period or something like that with my guild, and one of the one of our homies in the guild was like DMing it, but then it didn't continue, and then way back i had done like one and i had no idea i still don't really believe i have any idea what's going on i understand some of it most of it i don't but i want to because yeah and when you when you play yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like it, actually it's exactly like um if you go over to a friend's house and they just whip up some random board game you're like i, I don't even know i don't know the rules mm-hmm. but you know you start playing it and you just start it just starts clicking you know what i mean you start realize like oh i get it now yeah uh, that's that, especially with an MMO background, like it's going to make a little bit more sense. It to does you. stand uh, out. Yeah. And, and my favorite thing I want to say, super similar uh, to what Rimpel was saying is uh, I like that. I like that, that, um, that feeling of freedom that like situations happen that obviously weren't designed to happen. Right. Like, like my wife grabbing my son and using him to bash down a door, right? Because she, she didn't want to wear down her her weapon, right? So she was like, "I'll just use his head, right?" Yeah. He tried to he tried to run off with some treasure earlier, not not share it. So I'm just gonna use his head to bash the door open, like stuff like that is like not planned or like I, there was a scenario I had all planned out because this was a dungeon I made myself where this big snake comes out of the water in this pool in this cave they come to and. um you know, I mean, I, it's meant to be a terrifying moment. Like we're only level one, maybe by the time they get there, might be level two. But it's supposed to be this terrifying moment, and this big snake comes out, and she's just like, 
they're 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 throwing each other at the snake like they're just <laughs> you know it's like uh, and that's uh, the best part of D D is you know the players really do decide what happens like the dm can spend as much time as they want yeah. plotting it planning it and all this but the players are gonna they're gonna wreck it man they're gonna do their own thing and uh i always like that that just kind of freedom of like this was our story right like the dm wrote it and came up with everything and all that but we totally just warped that in our own story, you know, and that's that's awesome. You can't get that from anywhere else currently until AI technology gets really freaking good. Yeah, a lot better than it is now. <laughs> a lot better than it is. Yeah. So here's kind of there's an article. This is a uh, gamingindustry.biz. I can't remember if I got this from you, Renfell, or if this is I don't think I, I sent this one to you. If this okay. is the Final Fantasy one, I didn't send it. Yes, and so the article is Final Fantasy fourteen shows a toxic community isn't an inevitability. Opinion. A bust-up over World of Warcraft's unwelcoming community highlights Final Fantasy XIV's success, properly enforcing sensible rules. Now, I've, I've linked it in chat, okay? And obviously, the, the goal conversation point here is a healthy, thriving community, managing toxicity in said community, you know, and how much responsibility or what level of responsibility do, you know, developers, the company, et cetera, kind of hold. Now, the main thing is, is like people are like sharing that a lot of the, you know, World of Warcraft community is toxic. You've seen plenty of people saying it, you know, this is obviously a time where it aligns with a lot of other problematic things that are occurring related to Blizzard Entertainment, World of Warcraft, that whole scenario. Um, <clears throat> now, you know, in regard to Final Fantasy 14, I've actually seen some toxicity from that community. I've seen some been. gatekeepy toxicity. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I remember yeah. Lazy Peon made a video about it and it was his experiences playing it. Got bashed in his comments with toxicity. That was like three or four years ago. It was, I think. It was a while I, I back. I do remember that. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. So there was that. There is also the more recent events where like, um, I don't, I don't know her content very well. I know Zeppla HQ, I think is like a really, it's like a really big, uh, she's like kind of more of like the, the, the head kind of bigger creator, not the only, just one of the bigger ones, um, who's been super dedicated to that, uh, to final fantasy 14 for years now. Uh, and came from World of Warcraft, right? And then yep. in in and she was like, you know, has kind of been a big figure for that game. Um, <clears throat> I've looked up stuff on YouTube, and like, it's hard to not come across her videos because she's been dedicated to it. Um, yeah. When I go look for Final Fantasy fourteen stuff, and then you know, of course, Asmongold's been playing there now, and like, and he's been playing there with his community. A lot of uh, MMORPG gamers have been playing over there. We've talked about a lot of the reasons for why. Um, you know, but even I remember like a buddy of mine, Freak was playing. We remember Freak. He was playing it for a while and stuff. And I remember being there and seeing some sort of gatekeepy stuff in his chat with people. They weren't really being that way towards him. But I just remember some of the dialogue and the rhetoric and the discussions and kind of seeing some of that there. And so it's like, you know, she was reflecting. And I saw I don't remember. I didn't watch the whole thing, but she was reflecting on something related to. I guess Asmongold coming over and I guess how a lot of people didn't want him there. And they kind of like expressed this towards her. And it's like that, you know, I remember seeing that and that conversation, I think that happened between Asmongold and her was very similar to what I saw Stephen Sharif talking about with ashes of creation. What I've seen a lot of us talking about here. I mean, Nathan, we talk about how like, 
you know, we see Ash as a creation and like Pantheon giving them each of their fist bumps on like Twitter and stuff. Right. So they're like, you know, there's been like a lot of discussions we've revisited around this, like tribalism and this sort of like gatekeepy um, sort of behavior around like MMORPGs. And, you know, to be honest, does, do I see this like sort of like a toxic element in World of Warcraft? Absolutely. I've seen it there for years. It's been there for since, I mean, specifically I go back and I remember feeling that it was there. It was very prevalent there in Wrath of Lich King. It started to kind of, I started to notice it a little more. And then moving forward, I've I've not directly seen it with Final Fantasy fourteen, but I have definitely seen it with, um, you know, some like cutouts of time and snapshots of like interaction that I've never been around, but the other people have been around where it's very much like this is our game. This is and that's where you saw the lazy peon like there's that, <clears throat> you know, a large group of people that are very like protective of their game. And they just because he didn't have some positive things to say, they just went or he didn't fit the criteria or I, I remember, maybe. Yeah, that, too. I don't know. I remember very clear, clearly. Um, and McQuaid had to fight against this um, because Vanguard was being called a hardcore MMORPG. Yeah. And that led that led to a large portion of the Vanguard community. Anytime someone would come to the forums in the during the alpha beta and into mm-hmm. the earliest days of launch, if they breathed anything about world of Warcraft, they were immediately branded oh, yeah. a pussy, you know, yeah. to, you know, yeah. it just like the hate with the vitriol that would just be like, yeah, you can't hang with our game. Go back to wow. You mm-hmm. little bitch. Like it was just like this. Yeah. It didn't matter what type of player they were. If they mentioned they came from world of Warcraft, they were automatically yeah. branded. As and, and, and that was the ultimate too, was like, Hey, uh, you know, how come in this game, what's up with this feature or whatever that's supposed to be in the game? If you want that feature, why don't you go play WoW? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're like, all right, then. Uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. true. But I remember it even back then, and I think that was the first case that I saw of it happen, uh, that I can remember my MMORPG mm. history was, was back then. Um, that tribalism, yeah. which I can't stand. Um, I don't like it either. And, and it's a good example of this is... Um, uh, because I'm somewhat, I'm still new to Final Fantasy XIV in particular, and I'm playing it on a console, which is slightly different than PC. So uh, I know as a Black Mage, you get, because that's what I'm playing as a Black Mage, um, you get you know, version like Blizzard 1, Blizzard 2, Blizzard 3. You know, you get the, ver- and each version is somewhat different. So it's not like it's just, you're not replacing Blizzard 1 with Blizzard 2, and you're not replacing Blizzard 2 with Blizzard 3. It's actually, no, no, each one of these things does something different. And so figuring out what your rotation is for a given scenario. So then I'm going online and I'm like reading up on, well, what is the, you know, what is the ideal way to use these types of abilities and everything else? And that led me down the rabbit hole of people talking about how they, which I cannot stand. And I will leave a group if someone does this to me where they tell you how to play and they tell you what rotation you're supposed to be using. And because you can see what you can see what other people are casting in final fantasy 14. And so I've only had this happen to me. I mean, I just left the group, but it was like, someone's like, why aren't you casting this spell instead of that? I didn't even bother to waste my time responding. I just, I'm out because I don't have time for people who want to tell you how to play. But I, I saw that online and I was like, and then I mm. one time in game, it's like, yep, nope, I'm gone. Um, yeah, because- it, it, 
And it'll my be like a regular spot. dungeon too, right? Yeah. Like it's not like we're doing a raid here where we need every single freaking right, dude. matter. Like, come on, bro, you're not playing your class perfect either. I, I so that's happened to me the exact same thing. That's probably the worst thing that's ever happened in 14. It has a pretty good community. You can usually say, like, hey, got which they've changed the rules now, but back in the day, if you want to see the, all the cinema scenes, you kind of had to tell your group, like, hey guys, is it okay to watch all the cinema yeah, scenes? Yeah, true. Um, and ninety five percent of the time, they're like, "Yeah, that's cool, man!" Like, and they just dance or whatever while you were watching your cinema scenes. But like, uh, which they fixed that problem now. And now you just everybody has to watch them. That's just the way it is now. But uh, I have ran into it where they'll say something like, and typically for me, because I started playing it in beta, and then I just went right into launch, so I actually was kind of on the cutting edge for a long time there of the gameplay. But it would typically be like I've been playing the game for like 14 hours straight, right? And I'm like nodding off kind of thing, but I'm trying to get through a little further or whatever. And, um, you know, you, you're not playing at your peak anymore. And somebody would say something, right? Like, hey, you messed, you keep messing up your rotation or something. And I'm like Renfell. Once that even begins, I'm just like, ah, I'm out. You know, it's not like I was playing DPS. I was a Dragoon at that time. It's not like you won't find another douchebag to pick on uh, the second I leave. So, you know what? I'm not even affecting the group. I'm not going to play this game. I'm out of here. Um, if it's a raid and like... That's different. That's different. I actually welcome that advice, right? Because like okay, cool, if I can get better and this helps us get past this content, I'm cool. But we're talking about no. just you know, push something and we'll probably get through this, right? Like, it, you, we don't need to be playing at our peak right now. You know, it's annoying. I agree. It's ridiculous, man. Like, I, that's like one of the things, too. It's like, it's not very, it doesn't, I always think about that, those types of experiences, right? And it doesn't matter what the MMORPG is. I saw, wow, I've seen it in other games, too, where... You know, it's you almost you don't always see it, but you know, it's like you do see sometimes like why people, you know, you see them pose a question, wonder, you know, why isn't why don't we have more people to play with, or you know, something about they'll be it'll be like community related, and it's you know clearly like the underlying, um, you know, sentiment is like uh, you know, it would be nice if there were more people playing, and we didn't feel like we were in this low spell or something, and then it's like you can't help but you know, pair that sentiment with this behavior that you yeah. see, which is, well, if someone's jumping on like, and they're doing like a trial weekend and these people are jumping on and playing and you're just like, you know, sometimes leaving them in the dust or tell them they need to hurry or tell them they're doing something wrong or whatever. You, you don't know, man, like they're there for like a trial weekend or they're going to try it out. And their first or second, like, you know, experience with other players in like a dungeon or something is like somebody just being like, you're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. Why? They may not want to play anymore. Their first uh, experience gonna, is like, this kind of sucks, dude. I gotta, I gotta tell you, my brother is a good example of this because he has tried World of Warcraft three times over the years and he's never been able to make it past like level 25 or 30 because the moment, the moment he's gotten to the point where he started to want to do dungeons and get to the point where he's done dungeons, he's going and he's a new player. He's in a 15 year old game. And he gets kicked out of groups because he's not doing enough DPS or he's wanting to take his time and, and read storylines and dialogue or he's wanting to go explore this corner of the dungeon. So he's, you know, it's like all of a sudden he turns around and the whole group's gone yeah. because they didn't wait for the new guy. It's like he, he has never been able to experience World of Warcraft, even though he's wanted to multiple times over the years because of that, what you just said, because the, the initial experience of being exposed to other players has been so toxic 
that yeah. he's just been like, fuck this, I'm not going to even waste my time. Why would you want to do it? And it's unfortunate, you know. Yeah. It's unfortunate, yeah. regardless of what game you're talking about. And sometimes it's like, you know, I, I also see the perspective. Like, I remember the very first time I did a dungeon in an MMORPG, I was so overwhelmed and just like, like kind of in awe because I was like, whoa, like it's as a gamer, you're just at least I was was like, whoa, dude, like this is crazy. There's like, you know, this is cool. This is crazy. Fill in the blank. You know, imagine going in there. And you, you, it's easy to be overwhelmed, you know, by what you're doing or by the whole situation or trying to make sure like, you know, you're, you know, following along, doing the right thing, not dying, you know. Yeah. Uh, trying to pay attention to what's going on because maybe you've never seen mechanics like this before. You know, maybe you just played console games before or something. You know, so there's like a lot of reasons why sometimes people don't respond. Sometimes people don't, you know, actually like, uh, you know, actually like, you know, you know, giving them, giving people a chance. I think sometimes it's like I, I look at these scenarios where people jump in and they have, they're not responding and it's easy to like pass judgment and go, oh, they're not responding. They're just ignoring us and dying and standing and stupid or counter argument. Maybe they have no idea what's going on. They're overwhelmed and it's a lot to take in. They haven't figured out how to work the chat yet. Maybe they've never even used it. There's a lot of things that could be going yeah. on. And I want to also point out uh, that I've, I've obviously we've all been on the other end of the table too, where, you know, we're running that first dungeon because it's a daily or for whatever reason, and we've done it 10 billion times, you know, and, you know, somebody comes in and they're, you know, taking forever. And mm -hmm. But the thing I always did is, like, sometimes, you know, you really do just want to get this dungeon over with. It's not, you're not even having fun anymore, right? <clears throat> Which is a problem with dailies. But uh, true. I never gave them a hard time, though, right? Like, I might be sitting here in my chair and nobody's around, and I'm just like, come on, dude, let's go. <laughs> like, uh, you know, but I'm never going to make them feel that way, right? Like, the chat with them is always like, oh, it's cool, dude. Like, take your time. It's fine. You know, no rush. But, like, I do understand. I do. I can't sit here and lie and act like I don't understand people just be like, come on, let's go, let's go. This is not even the good part of the game like let's get through this crap right so i get it but there's just a way where you have to take the way you feel and not apply that out to the people who are obviously on on a totally different spectrum than you are right and and i think that's the problem is people don't have any self-control they just feel like they have to they have to tell everybody everything they think at all times right they have no self-control over their own uh what emotional intelligence so they don't have that Mm. yeah like how many the, people in the world i like that because there's a lot of people mm -hmm. in this world who don't have any emotional mm -hmm. intelligence yeah, I, I think that's the big problem yeah <laughs> and i also think about uh you know like this entitlement like you know you're in here and like i saw somebody in chat say like you know it's annoying when people are reading every document doing everything yeah i mean it can be you know it could also be annoying when someone's rushing and going through and not allowing someone the opportunity so there's two sides to every every discussion point and every argument and i'm saying like go slow and be completely accepting of everything so here's a good example of some someone brought up right they brought up a point on ready for it voting to kick yeah it's all that voting to kick discussion right now it's a tricky one because sometimes I'm like, sometimes you definitely, that's a very beneficial feature to have. Sometimes yeah. it's used in a really toxic way too. Right? Like yeah. someone's oh, not holding aggro. You don't, 
you know, tell them or anything. It's like, well, is it my job to tell them? It's like, well, I mean, you're in a group. You're here to complete this together. You, you can at least tell them. I mean, right? Like, if they don't know. But there's also a fine line in that and the person that queued, they're clearly DPS and they queued for a tank roll. And now they're taking it to face and you can't get past the boss because they can't do the tank job. You know, so where do you kind of draw the line on something like voting to kick? Is it something that should be absolutely gone? Not in a game. Don't have it there. It's a bad thing to have versus. Oh, man, sometimes that thing really comes in handy. That's true. You know, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a good solution and stuff like that. I really yeah. don't. I don't know if there is. I think that the Final Fantasy 14 system is pretty good. And I think that does encourage people to be a little bit actually a lot more well behaved is that there's the voting system at the end with some pretty cool rewards for mm -hmm. racking up yeah. that, you know, people voting for you. So it kind of makes people really nice to each other and hoping to get one more little there's also accommodation. I think it's called accommodation. Uh, recommendation or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I didn't know this. And I, uh, when I would first started playing the other day, um, I did my, it was the, literally the very first dungeon I queued up for. And I was waiting, you know, and so I went and did a fate. And because I was doing a fate, I was clicking things. And when the when the pop-up window came to join, I clicked and the pop-up window went away. And it went down into a little tab. And I didn't know how to get to the tab. And so the timer clocked down. And I'm like, how the fuck do I get to the tab? I can't figure it out. And, and, it, and it booted me out because I, I missed the timer. And I got a, then I got a pop-up that said, hey, you've just done your one of three. Yeah. And here's the penalty for like leaving a queue after you've been in the queue because it screws up other players you know, they've been waiting in the queue as well and so there's there's penalties for doing things like dropping out of a dungeon for yep. leaving the queue there are penalties for for that kind of stuff now in some cases if you have an emergency you just deal with it but yeah. i like the fact that there is something on the other side of that equation as well above and beyond the recommendation system of of having there be something in place which at least sort of at least kind of inspires people to want to be good towards others to be reliable to be dependable yeah. um I, I and i mentioned this in chat earlier my very first experience with final Fantasy 14 one of the reasons i didn't have a good experience that very first time was because of the fact that when i first tried it, it was before heaven's ward and it was when people would get pissed at me because i wanted to watch the cut scenes because i was experiencing the story for the first time so was, and i would get like people would be pissed off and like off they would just disappear and i'd get out of the cut scene and like where the hell's the group and they're already off and i gotta try to find my way through the dungeon and they didn't take this path and then i die because i run into a bunch of bad guys that they didn't clear and then they're calling me a noob and all this other stuff and they're all pissed off at me and it's like yeah you know yeah. where's my vote where's my vote button to say you're all a bunch of fucking assholes <laughs> for not yeah. you know yeah. you know dealing with a new player or not even yeah. caring that there's a new player not even asking if the new I, player wants to see stuff i know this would probably be a little complicated but wouldn't it be cool i always thought it would be cool if you could right click a name and say i never want to group this person again right like i don't like this i person. would love that but, um, you know yeah. like like not I'm just not ban just, i don't want to read your chat but i don't even want to know this person exists don't yeah. cue me with them you know like i don't even want to ever know this person ever exists again i think that's a feature mmos need so you yeah. can try to eliminate a lot of the bad players because nothing sucks worse than like you end up by random complete crazy coincidence back with the same douchebag over and over again uh that sucks almost worse than anything mm -hmm. and and i want to make another point about those penalties um Another thing that makes that good is like when you're the guy 
in the situation where I, like I was saying earlier, I was like, all right, screw it. I'm out of this group. I have to be so upset that I'm like, I know I'm going to have a, I don't remember the penalty, but I'm going to have an hour. I can't even do this dungeon. I don't care. That's worth it to me to get out of this, this vile situation, right? So I like that because that means I also aren't going to just be a little pansy and every time somebody says anything, I'm just going to be like, well, I'm out of here, right? Like, mm -hmm. it has to affect me enough to be like, I'm. it's worth the penalty to me, right? Like, to do this right now. So it's good on both ends, I think. I think the penalty is good on both ends. So people don't abuse systems and also so people are more likely to stick it out if it's not really all that bad. Have you ever blocked somebody in an MMORPG and then you get grouped with them and they 100% just fuck the whole thing over, over because you're in there with them and it didn't stop yeah. you from getting queued in with them? I have to. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's I have. Me, I've had somebody block because they were a complete asshat. And I was, I remember it was World of Warcraft and I got grouped up. Like it was, I think it was, it was, in the, it was when they had the, uh, you know, dungeon finder, but it was, it, I think it was still realm specific. And we were like doing a dungeon and we had uh, been in a group and someone was a complete dick. Right. And you know, you, you, it's another perfect example. Like maybe you didn't block them, but anyway, this person had been blocked. Right. And then I ended up getting grouped with them. And then they completely just sat there and talked a bunch of smack. And the people in my group were like, this dude saying all this stuff or whatever. And we were trying to go do the dungeon. He's purposely trying to kill everybody. And it's like, I think it was before you could like, I think you could kick somebody, but I don't know that you could actually like, um, yeah, I don't know that you could actually do some of this other stuff, but um, to where you could like, you know, stop them from getting grouped with you again. Cause you could kick them, but then they'd still like a queue and get pulled in with you. And this is like what happened was like this person had been blocked. And I remember even blocking somebody once. And then it was like a couple weeks later and they got grouped and they did the same sort of thing. Cause they're like, Oh, you're fu fuck you. Fuck you. You know what I mean? You didn't, you know, submit to my will or whatever the hell they were saying, mm -hmm. you know, and then you get stuck in there with them. And now you're just kind of stuck with this person working against you. And I agree. Like, look, it, I'm no care bear, whatever, man. I've been a dick sometimes to people. I'm not going to lie. Right. I have been, I don't lie. I, this it's happened i've said some shit but man it's those times when you're like this person's genuinely just a bad time to be around they're not good for anybody to be around and you just block yeah. them you remove them but then you can still get stuck with them and you're like just eliminate them like i'm okay if like i, I run into them in the world you know what i mean like that's probably gonna happen or whatever but if I block them, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get stuck queuing with them. I don't want to get stuck in, in queuing with them in anything ever. I want them to not be grouped with me, to not be someone who can DM me, like blocked, done and done, gone. If I run across you in the world, whatever, dude, I can easily ignore you and just keep doing my thing too. Is it always possible they could, you know, be a dick? Probably. Yeah, sure. Quite right. Whatever. But I think if you block them. They are eliminated. They're not there. I, I think that should think, definitely be a thing. Yeah, I think that should work like that as well. Because the reality is that whether whether or not, I mean, chemistry works both ways, and not everyone is always going to get along on subjects. I mean, mm. I've not. I mean, I get along with you guys great. You know, I feel like we have a very good working relationship when it comes to the show and everything else. But I don't know you guys on a personal level. I don't know your political views. I, I don't know your religious views and all those other things. And it doesn't matter to mm -hmm. me. 
because as an adult, I can choose to have different opinions and let other people have different opinions. But there are people in this world where sometimes you're just not going to be able to be compatible with that person because of something or the other. And it, it shouldn't be the end of the world when that happens. It's just, I think there's, there's a great, for good or for bad, Hollywood does some some interesting things with the way everything is contractual. Because it's all about having that good working relationship. And you'll find that actors sometimes don't get along when they're mm. on set, but they have a contract and they're there to do a job. And they do the job and the movie comes out and the movie does good and everything else. But they never, you know, they don't, maybe they don't depress together. They definitely don't ever do a movie together. And then maybe six, seven years down the road, you hear one of them doing an interview and they'll get asked about the movie and they'll be like, yeah, that was a, that was a rough time for me because of this, that, and the other, you know? And it was like, so obviously they didn't get along in the film, but the final product was still good because they were able to push past that. But that's not always possible. And that's why sometimes people are like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this. I'm going to bow out of the film, creative differences, whatever the case may be and move on with their lives. Um, I'm a big believer in within games because you're not going to get along with everybody. No. Yeah. Especially yeah, the no dipshit. Tank who wants to go pull everything and rush off, and then he blames it on the healer because he wants to pull everything. And then he's like, Learn how to heal. And it's like, No, dude, oh, learn dude. how to pull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when pulling, yeah. remember when pulling used to require like the use of CC Ill. and stuff like that? And you yeah. didn't yeah. just yeah, go line of sight, pull everything and nougat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan. I played a Ranger for seven years and you won and was the puller for 99% of the groups I was in and always had an enchanter. And a shaman for slows and gotta so, have that enchanter, man, for sure. Yeah. And then I played an enchanter <laughs> in P ninety nine for three years and I grew to love crowd control even more. Um that's a that's a lost game mechanic in my mind. Um yeah. that I really wish would come back at some point. That's a Me that's too. a hardcore mechanic that most modern players can't handle. Yeah, or they don't want to. I think or they don't want it. Yeah, they want yeah, to AOE just, everything. Yeah, yeah. Which AOEing is uh, is its own bag of fun, I guess. But I think we've just kind of, I feel like it's out. Um, we've had too much of it for too long. Like I want to go back to the to the more like strategic. I like that strategic. Yeah. Like everybody's yes. doing the role, and so we're we're just getting that XP, and everything's working real good. That's what I like. I still so this goes back to I want to spin it back around a tabletop real quick, because um, I think that's one of the things about a good tabletop game or even not just tabletop games, but CRPGs like Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, yeah. you know, those games, because you have to do strategic, especially like Icewind Dale, which is so combat heavy. Mm-hmm. You can't just send your party down the hallway. Uh, uh-uh. no. you need to have your rogue. Yeah. It's, it's strategic. From and the gotta, very beginning too. Like, yeah, because that first little thing you go down, you talk to the little lady and you go down to get rid of the rats or whatever. If you just, even that first little rats, you just try to dive in, they will wipe six the rats floor in there, man. <laughs> They'll kill you <laughs> so quick. You will no, never uh, experience the game. Like you have to be strategic. Like even those first dungeons, when you get into the veil of shadows, you're only like level two or something like that. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're going in there and it's like, you walk into one of the caves and it's like there's 30 or 40 skeletons in there. And so it's like you've got to like creep one of your guys up and see if you can't get four or five of them to come back with you back to the group. And then it's like, okay, get those back. Cleric's doing turn undead so that maybe we get three yeah, of them to run away dude. and then we focus on the two. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's very strategic. Um, and if you just that, bum rush things, you die. And that's why I, it was confusing to me 
why people are upset that Baldur's Gate 3 went with just a straight up, you know, like you take turns, right? Like it's not, you know, you set up the strategy and then you just click them and then you got to hit space. Because I don't know, maybe people play it different than me, but I, on the games like that, that are more real time, I'm always, space I'm just bar hitting that, that space shit. bar every four seconds. Yeah. Four seconds is a long time for me, actually. <laughs> it's more like every one, two seconds. I'm, I'm pausing, like, okay, what's up now? Where's everybody at? What's everybody doing? Where are they, where are they located? So, I mean, to me, it's just like, well, and plus to me also, I'm like, well, they're trying to simulate Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah, like, and, and, and I love, like for me in Baldur's Gate 2 is one of the funnest games of all time for me. And I still think one of my funnest strategies of all time is to have two wizards in the party. I always have Aerie who's wizard cleric and then I'll have another. But I love the combination of a web and then you drop death cloud, ice storm, mm -hmm. like three or four area effects and then fireball, fireball, fire, fire, fireball. Whatever makes it through, your tanks can clean up. Nice. Everything yeah. else is going to die <laughs> in a fog of death. You know, yeah, with awesome. AOEs. Uh, so awesome. Oh, man. It's definitely not Lights Justice, but it sounds like it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want some Lights Justice in D&D. That, my friends, is going to be a story for another time. <laughs> I've got... I actually gathered a few ideas for our next show that I think are going to be really good to talk about, which I expect that we're going to have probably a lot of community interaction with that we have had on this show here today. Um definitely kind of tying in and talking a little bit more about like D and D and those elements and grouping up with people, you know, all those different elements of interactivity between, you know, different players, both in games, like tabletop doesn't matter. Um, but we managed to hit another daggum almost two hour episode today. And, uh, it was a hell of a time. A lot of great discussions, a lot of rants as always. I thought for a moment there, we were going to see Nathan go full napalm, but we only got about a, 0.089% start and then got to like maybe 5% <laughs> and it fizzled quick. And I was like, man, it's, it's amazing how in such a short little snapshot, my eager hopefulness to see a full napalm moment is just so it's so prominent. I'm just like, Oh man, it, it, dude, the, those moments are some of the best. But with that being said, you know, we're going to go ahead and let Renfell and Nathan shout out their domains where you can find them when they're not here on the Looking for More podcast. We're definitely going to be picking up next time. So, gentlemen, shout out your places. Uh, you can find me most of the time on uh, youtube.com forward slash Renfell and everything we're doing with tabletop game, point and click adventure game, and everything else is over at uh, patreon.com forward slash Renfell. And I do have to say, mm -hmm. I am experimenting with Twitch. So I yes. do have a Twitch channel, which is twitch.com forward slash Renfail. Uh, most of the time I just stream in the morning, so I don't have a schedule or anything else. But if you want to follow along there, you can here as well. If it turns into something over the course of the next 30 days, I might stream more regularly. But at the very least, I'm in the middle of a, Today was day seven of the 30-day challenge. So I'm yeah. trying to stream for an hour and a half, two hours a day. So feel free to follow along here as well if you like. But mostly Patreon and uh, yes. YouTube. Oh, yeah. Nathan. You can find me at YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash the Nathan Napalm. Uh, make sure you join, uh, subscribe, and, and pony up because this weekend, uh, probably on Sunday, to make sure I get all the cool footage I want. And um, there'll be the uh, the final trailer for uh, the Dungeons Dragons Choose Your Own Adventure, which is the entire campaign of the Lost Minds of Fandelver um, in a Choose Your oh, Own yeah. Adventure YouTube series. So you can play through it and um real quick i just want to say 
you can go evil. You can, you know, there's just every fight can go so many different kinds of ways. How you even approach the fight can go so many different ways. Where you even go and what you even see and who you even talk to and how you talk to them and what they say. It's just, it's a big, super complicated web of just um, uh, awesomeness. And uh, uh, so I'm hoping everybody has a lot of fun with it. And um, also I want to mention too, little 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 tip, little pro tip. Mm -hmm. If some if one of your characters, your main characters dies, you can do whatever you want, but you don't that doesn't mean that you have to quit playing, right? Trust me, there's things in those storylines that is really freaking cool too. I'm afraid people are gonna like one character die and be like, ah, I'm done with this. I'll go back and I'll I'll pick another option because I don't want any of my characters to die. There are some very cool things that can happen when you're under partied as well that are totally different that you're not going to get to see if you keep the entire party alive the entire adventure so anyway <laughs> just experiment with the guys have fun and make it your adventure it's gonna yeah be cool. hashtag replayability we'll definitely be showcasing that here soon and we might be at the end of our show today but we're always looking for more to join the party ransom plenty friends until next time live your best lives walk in the light stay safe out there we'll see you again real soon have a great night